everybody to Lancaster Speaks Up. This is a podcast episode series from the Lancaster Stands Up media team aimed at community conversation and civic engagement surrounding progressive politics. Check out the Lancaster Stands Up Facebook page for more upcoming events and how to get involved. Uh, We're going to go around and talk to some of the people that are in the panel now. They're going to introduce themselves. I'm Nellie Torres. I'm uh, a resident of Lancaster, have been my whole life. Um, my background includes uh, being a graduate of McCaskey in Millersville, uh, graduating with a degree in communication and theater. So um, I do a lot of acting and directing and um, an organizer with Lancaster Stands Up. Hi, uh, my name is Michelle Hines. I lived in Lancaster all my life as well, went to LS School District and graduated from Millersville with a degree in molecular biology and biochemistry. And I currently work in that field uh, as well as being an organizer with Lancaster Stands Up. My name is Eliza Booth. I live here in Lancaster City. I am a mom of a very cute 10 year old. Um, He's in fifth grade and wife to Michael. I work full-time in medical billing and coding, and I've grown up in Lancaster County. Um, well, grew up in the county, and now I live in the city, so that's my background. Um, I'm your host, too. My name's Sean Byrne. I'm a registered nurse. I work in the community. I'm a part of uh, Lancaster Stands Up as well. Uh, I help run a healthcare working group, and uh, I did get my uh, associate's degree from Lancaster General uh, College of Health Sciences. My name is Daniel Levin. Um, I am an assistant manager at a local coffee shop. Um, I went to school um, at Westchester University with a degree in philosophy. Um, And I am also an organizer with Lancaster Stands Up. Awesome. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Uh, just, Just really excited to get this conversation started. Eliza, as like a parent, what do you offer on this subject? I think that it'd be interesting to hear what you think about, what you teach your kids about how people may treat them based on the, the color of their skin. Um, well, for my son, uh, I, feel, I feel fear raising him um, as a black male coming up in, in our society. Um, and, you know, I, I think about that a lot. I feel like it, it's always, you know, sort of been there, uh, you know, obviously seeing the way uh, black people are treated by the police, you know, uh, just seeing that my whole life in different depictions. But when Trayvon Martin was murdered uh, in Florida and, and, you know, George Zimmerman was off, and then, of course, you talk about all the other cases we've had since then, you know, Michael Brown and... Um, you know, just all these these people that there's been no justice for, it has filled me with um, great fear for my child, and and I I constantly think like and and you know and and having to talk having to have these discussions with him, discussions that other people don't have to have with their kids, uh, you know that or white people don't have to have with their with their sons, um, you know just basically telling him this is how you act uh, if if a you know, if a cop stops you or, you know, on the street or whatever, I mean, you know, and, and have these kinds of, you know, don't say anything like, 
be very respectful, um, you know, and uh, while of course still informing him he has rights, um, but understanding that if he raises his voice in the wrong way or they come uh, comes across as disrespectful, um, or anything that the police will assume is a violent being violent towards them, that he could be murdered, and that's a real thing. Whereas if, you know, if it's um, I don't I don't feel like there's many people in white homes that are having these conversations with their sons because, you know, they're not being murdered, <laughs> uh, by, in my opinion, by the police uh, in, the, in these kinds of situations. So, um, so yeah, so I mean, I, I think we have to have, you know, do these, do, have more, be intentional about talking with him more about his actions and stuff just because of how he could be viewed. Do you think that in his public education he gets enough information about African American history? Oh no, no. We teach him at home. Uh, my husband and I teach him at home. No, absolutely not. And we are very aware of the fact that that he and other kids, uh, you know, even outside of his school, every school, that I feel like it, you know, black history um, or history of people of color in general, not just black but other, mm-hmm. is not being taught. Um, or if it is, it's taught from a very very pointed, very, um, whatever, like viewpoint, very selected information mm-hmm. is given that is is not accurate most of the time uh, or tells a, a story that's very whitewashed mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, you know, really doesn't and do it. So my, my husband and I are very intentional about buying, uh, I mean, we, we, we literally like buy you know, books on history of African Americans, of age-appropriate things that he can read, um, and we take time to go over, um, you know, and go to places. Uh, like last last summer, we as a family visited Frederick Douglass's home in D.C., um, and we went to D.C. and you could have done a whole bunch of different things. We were like, we're doing this, and we're planning to go to the African American Museum. We went to we took a road trip um, down to Mississippi a couple of years ago. We went to the Civil Rights Museum in Birmingham. We went to the church that was bombed. We are very intentional about taking him places that I feel like are most of the time not even mentioned in mm-hmm. history books or mentioned so little that mm-hmm. they have no clue. Like people, kids don't get an idea of what really happened. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah, so the, glad you said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I mean, I feel like the people in power want to sweep these issues under the rug. And, and again, the importance of why we're having this discussion is we want to get flush out these issues to talk about them. Right. Because it's it's apparently to me, it's, it's very sad that we don't teach enough about Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. about Rosa Parks. Well, I, I, I think also when we teach it, that's what we teach. So like I, right. I learned about slavery, mm-hmm. and that, and then I learned about Martin Luther King, and that's about as far mm-hmm. as my uh, education when it comes to you know African American mm-hmm. issues. That's about as far as it went, and and I learned about Martin Luther King with no context. Mm-hmm. It's like okay there was segregation and people had to use different water fountains. Like they didn't tell me about, you know, the children's march mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the, the violence that actually, right. the, the violence against people that were speaking out, that is the reason that things happened because people saw that and they right. were like, they're turning hoses on children, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and people were 
were outraged by that, you know, even even though there was it was a very contentious time. And so it's it's kind of like you you learn about it, but it's totally whitewashed. And you're okay. like, it's like, oh great, like this guy stood up and he said what he needed to say, and everybody came along. And we're yeah. like, right. we'll and do I, it. Not like yeah. this was a struggle, and yes. like yes. you know, and it and, wasn't just Martin Luther King. Jr. Exactly, yeah, there were so was... many people that came together. And the other part of it too is that, and I don't know if any of you guys have had this experience. Now, first of all, I should disclaimer. I I grew up in the county. I went to Pequay Valley High School. I went through Pequay Valley School District, which is almost 100% white. I grew up in a, uh, I was adopted by a white family. Um, now, that's, I mean, I just want to give that disclaimer so people understand that now I live, I identify obviously as a black woman. Um, I, have, I married an African-American man. I have a black child. Um, but I, I just, so I have an interesting viewpoint, I think, on race in general. But um, growing up in Pequay Valley School District and understanding, like, getting back to Martin Luther King is like it was almost as if they had there was like Martin Luther King Jr. who was like the saint and Malcolm X who was like the sinner yeah. Yeah. and it was presented yeah. as that and this are, these are the only two people that you are going to get that's going to get <laughs> right. talked about right. in the class and one is presented as like saint and the other one's pre- presented as sinner and yeah. this is who you should act like and be like as opposed right. to this person and it literally it wasn't until I went like my junior year which was way late but at least I read the was re- and I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and I was like, hold up, what are these people teaching? Like, I had to come back and be like, wow, I was in my mind sort of demonizing this person because that's mm-hmm. the way it was presented to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and think of all these other people who it was presented to where he was no demon at mm-hmm. all, and mm-hmm. he was just as um, influential and crucial to the civil rights movement, if not more, well, than Mar- Martin Luther King Jr., and it's really gross. It, it really made me upset. And I feel like that's when um, I came in, you know, sort of understanding my blackness and understanding what that meant um, on a larger scale and, and wanting to learn more and delve into it because I hadn't been given that and I'd been mm-hmm. fed all this misinformation. So it was it was really an awakening So for I'm, me. I'm so glad that you're saying that. In school, the same thing. Um, I did not care for history because mm-hmm. it was so dry because it, I just, to be honest, it was like old white men mm-hmm. did everything. Yep. Yep. They created the country, they ran right. it, they organized right. it, they created this, they created that. And I was just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> like I can't, keep, like, I don't know, it's too much. But as a Latina, I had no history. Right. So mm-hmm. the only history, like the the only that I could like group that I could connect with was African American history. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, like the same thing. Like I got you. Like it was like there were slaves. Not talking deep about what being a slave meant yeah. and yeah. the atrocities mm-hmm. that they have had experienced, and and how they came to be in power. But even Native American history, like it just glossed over like a happy yeah. Disney mm-hmm. yeah. portion right. of the day right. like in the class like you know what I mean it's like disturbing they yeah. they they taught they pilgrims talk about, yeah, how to they... how to grow corn and yeah. and there it is and happily ever after meanwhile we're still oppressing the Native Americans right. there's you know what I mean they're not talking about that at all 
I didn't know about black scientists, black cowboys, Marcus Garvey, like when people, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, when people <laughs> hate, when yes. people yes. in their hate in their heart and they say go back to your country, yes. they tried to, you didn't let them. Why? Because you, the the factories, you, yes. were, all that we have, all that we see around here was built on the backs of people of color. Mm -hmm. This country it, it it really is a, a nation of immigrants. It was everything you see and you have is thanks to them. That's so the finale. Should, like, <laughs> like, but I learned this in college, yeah, and I was yeah. like, what? Right. I didn't know that there were black scientists. Mm -hmm. I, you know, even even just recently learning about that they hung Mexicans for their property, for mm -hmm. their land to take over land. They lynched them because they were wealthy and they had they had land and they, but you wouldn't know that from a book. You wouldn't know that from having or conversations Black Wall Street in the because 1920s. because being a person of color means that. that you're ill educated mm -hmm. and you're poor and you right. don't have anything. And it's like, well, how did that come to be? Because you took you took mm -hmm. from people, mm -hmm. you robbed and raped and and let's talk mm -hmm. about it. So then, the next generation isn't thinking that. There's no issue. That's what you get a lot from conversations with people, that there's no racism. It doesn't exist. Or it wasn't me. It was my ancestors. Right. Yeah. And it's like, but you're yeah. continuing the cycle <laughs> by participating and not educating yourself and, mm -hmm. and not, not acknowledging my experience saying that on a daily basis, I get treated differently. I get discriminated. I get followed in the store. Till this day, I, you know, I, I was at a store gonna buy something and there were three cute little like I shouldn't say old ladies but you know young at heart <laughs> bless their heart <laughs> and the the cashier the cashier and I'm gonna say it was at Bonzon the cashier looked at me funny she didn't say hi to me or anything and she goes excuse me those ladies are are we're next excuse me like doing this like I'm a pet or something like get out of the way and they were like, oh, no, like, we're behind her. She's next. She was waiting in line. There she was like, no, 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 you're next. I'll, I'll take you next. And she was talking to me differently than the way she was talking to them. And, and they kept insisting no, and she did not let it go. And I was like, you can just go. It's fine. Because I'm used to that. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I should not have to experience that. But and, and if you would have caught, if you would have got upset and been yelling, and if been I like, would have oh, been that person, I would have been the angry exactly. black girl. Exactly, you would have right. You would have been. That's what I would have been. Stereotypes that they've ever right. come up with in their mind and justifying right. everything that that that, exactly. that cashier thought. Well, and and, and Nelly, don't you know Barack Obama? We had a black man as president, so therefore racism no longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Duh. Oh my God! I can't tell you how often I heard that too. But. It was just amazing, like, and still there's just, there's some moments where I, I, I'm desensitized to it, and there's some moments where I'm just like, really? And if I get mad, and if I get pissed, and I call you out on it, I'm wrong. Yep. Like how you said, yep. I'm yep. an angry person, yep. I'm, 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 the, mm -hmm. I'm that girl of color, so I, a lot of times I don't say anything to, to avoid right. that conversation or that, that viewpoint. But yes, education, like, I'm so glad that I learned about this because, and I'm so glad that you're teaching your son this. It's a shame we that have you have to, to do it that mm -hmm. way, yeah. but they will not get the education that, that he will not get the education that yeah. he's supposed to get in school yeah. without you telling him. Yeah, and I mean, th I think about it like, 
my husband and I, we both work full time. We have a comfort, you know, we, we make, uh, you know, we make enough to live comfortably for the most part. And so we have the luxury of doing that. There are so many other kids in the neighborhood that they're, you know, single parent homes, moms working two jobs, mm -hmm. probably, you know, for minimum wage, both, whatever. And those, you know, she's not time to sit there with her kids mm -hmm. and, and tell them about black history and all this stuff. She's just trying to put food on the table. Mm -hmm. And I think about those kinds of things about, wow, it's such a luxury that we can do this for our son and we understand it. Not mm -hmm. that they don't understand this is important. I mean, they do, but there's so many, like, they need to know how am I going to buy milk this week and how am I going to pay rent? And I can't yeah. worry about those stuff, and so therefore their their children miss out, and it's it sucks. I would even say that they don't they don't all know. Our education right. system is is right. ha, has monopolized so, no. on mm -hmm. on the fact that like that if we don't want to inform mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. Like we we want you to know that yeah you're equal. You 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 treat it as everybody else. Don't, it's in your head. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the older generations they they know but mm -hmm. the newer generations they don't they, not that they don't all like it's all or or nothing or anything mm -hmm. like that there's there's people who are just they they educate themselves or they have like a mentor or a teacher that like like no know this you know what i mean and then there's there's like me there's a lot of people like me that went through the school system going by what somebody else told you is reality and 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 this is what your history is or i didn't even get a history you know what yeah. i mean so it it's yeah it's 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 very interesting but it's a it's unfortunate that more people don't know about their culture and their because yeah. there would be more pride mm -hmm. in knowing in, yeah. in yourself and not not have like i feel like i spent a lot of my life looking down or being like embarrassed to tell people like no just drop me off here it's almost mm -hmm. like that pretty in pink like movie like don't yeah, just drop me, me off here because I want you to know where I live where I want you to see where I you know what I mean but people would feel so so esteemed to know wow I come from uh, a line uh, of scientists or doctors mm -hmm. or my great-great-grandfather mm -hmm. did this and did that and contributed in this way we don't have that kind of history no and I think mm -hmm. speaking of history it's really funny I think that it's just important for white people to have this history taught to them yeah, as well and because you know I had an interaction um, a few weeks ago where I was on the street and I was coming out of our storefront space and an older white gentleman uh, just randomly asked me <laughs> yeah you were there Sean yeah. just randomly said do you guys want to tear down statues and I said well I mean we would probably we would we would probably support the removal of some you know monuments and he was like you don't appreciate history and and went off about why they're there and everything and when i told him i said you know some of the most of these statues were put up during the jim crow era to terrorize the black community he said i don't know what the jim crow era is that was yeah. unbelievable and I got, at I that said, time. I, I got serious. I, I, yes, I, I lost it and I said, you don't understand history. Yeah. <laughs> because, or you don't appreciate history. And, and it's really funny. We got these history buffs right now that are so concerned with history and so concerned with preserving history and preserving these monuments and everything. But you don't know about the Jim Crow era. Like, you don't know what that is. Like, I'm not going to say I know everything about history. Like, I am not a, a huge history buff. I have so much to learn about, you know, like, the history of struggle in this country. But, like, don't 
don't claim that that's what it's about yeah. because you just proved to but me that you mean. actually don't but care. let's be clear they do care about history they care about white history yeah right? well they care about preserving what they see as their their white culture and their white you know like you actually made me feel really good the other day because i was at a point you know where we were seeing these really public displays of white supremacy and people calling themselves nazis and everything and i was feeling like man like this ideology is gaining traction and i felt like it you know it's winning and and nelly you said uh you know reminded me that actually it's not that they're winning this is happening because they're losing because they're losing power mm -hmm. they're because people of color and women are gaining power and they feel like they're losing their hold when you know the culture that they grew up in and that they know to, to exist which is you know white male supremacist culture and they're lashing out and it's because they're losing that we see this so that was like put me in a space where i was like okay yes like remember like this is a last gasp you know of of people fighting back people are always going to fight back and lash out when they feel like they're losing their power mm -hmm. um and, you know, I really hope that that can explain a lot of what we see going on in the country, you know, going on with uh, the people that are elected and everything is, you know, people are like the, the people in power, the government, uh, they're scapegoating people of color. They're mm -hmm. saying, this is why you're suffering. You're suffering because mm -hmm. of, uh, because of uh, immigrants taking mm -hmm. your jobs. And, and all of these things. And it's just, it's Which just- is ludicrous. It's ludicrous, yeah. <laughs> it's ludicrous, but it's also insane to see like the point that that we've gotten to, like the point how, how effective they've been at making extremely racist things and extremely racist like ideology mainstream. And that is, the media's fault that yeah. is you know oh, yes. all, like the left's fault too for not holding yes. holding them accountable and it's definitely the republican party's fault for letting uh, like more and more overt racists yeah. overtake their their party and you know it, they're it's hard to distinguish between the people that are marching with torches and the people that they're electing and putting yeah. in power yeah well um well, all the, all the people in power, because they're not standing up against that, are just, like, enablers to all of this. That mm -hmm. they're not taking a stand. They're not telling those people to, like, shut up and go away. Yeah. And then also, like, something that um, uh, it, you mentioned is, like, now that it's, like, mainstream. No, it's always been mainstream. Mm -hmm. It's just now it's explicit mm -hmm. that, like, this is what these people think. Like, before the... Um, you know, like like the government pol policies, like like they have always been racist. They've always been, you know, um, you know, like very prejudiced towards white pe people. But like like prejudiced now prejudiced towards white people. Uh, pre prejudiced in, in favor of white people. We don't do that. Yeah. Um. Uh. But like. But but like now like 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 the the underpinning of all those policies are like coming out and like mm -hmm. people are actually being like explicit with yeah. it and i and think that that's like like me personally like as a white person i think that a lot that's why a lot of my reaction to 
the election was so extreme because I, I think that, you know, we're reacting to seeing this. We're used to people being super polite about their racism, mm -hmm. right? And right. super, like, super, mm -hmm. like, uh, cordial about it, right? Like, it's like, no, 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 I'm not a racist, but I'm going to vote for this racist policy. <laughs> but of course I love everybody. Mm -hmm. But then we have somebody that's in the White House and people that are, you know, that are in our own local governments in Lancaster that are explicitly saying extremely horrendous, racist, like unacceptable things you would never expect to be said in a polite society. And so on the one hand, it's like, wow, like let's put that back in a box, right? And on the other hand, it's like, I'm glad that I've been shaken out of my complacency you know because it really kind of took for me that 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 doesn't experience this it took the the shock of somebody being uh you know like outwardly offensive with their language and not just offensive with their actions and the policies that they promote for me to be able to to do something about it I think that's an interesting point too, because if we weren't doing what we were doing now, we probably wouldn't even know that we're going to call by his name, yeah. Scott Martin said mm -hmm. what he said. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk about what happened and break that down for the listeners <laughs> oh, yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah, so um, Dan and I and a friend of ours had a, a meeting with Scott Martin uh, back in April, mm -hmm. and we wanted to talk about... Oh, uh, yes, yeah, Scott Martin is the uh, state senator um, for uh, the district for the county. And he, we, we were meeting with him. He had, um, during the time when uh, Trump had announced his uh, travel ban, he, Scott Martin was uh, promoting a bill that was uh, basically a, an anti-sanctuary city bill. So it was trying to get uh, law enforcement officials to have to turn in anybody to ICE authorities that were uh, that was undocumented that went through the system and to remove any taxpayer money from any city that declared themselves a sanctuary city and that didn't comply with ICE. Um, so we met with him and we're just talking like very like we were like we went in being like okay like we're gonna ask questions and we're gonna say like like why why do you think that this is important and you know before we were even able to get out a question we were just kind of bombarded with this like extremely um aggressive uh, yeah. uh language around immigrants and um and and refugees conflating the two we yeah. had only gone there to talk about undocumented people and um you know like we were told that like he repeatedly used the word illegals mm -hmm. we were like that's an offensive term to some people that we know and he just kept saying i don't do words missing. if you're here illegally you're an illegal i'm going to call you an illegal mm -hmm. and um you know he said that um that immigrants come here and they don't hold our american values that they think that they can beat women and beat uh their wives and that we have to teach them that that's not okay and and that <laughs> for that 
really <laughs> upset me. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I said, like, don't you think that we have a culture of rape and of violence against women here in this country? I mean, if you don't see that, that, that American culture, white culture, that I mean, we do you have. Think America's most wanted? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that we have. So there's two things with that, right? There's the one problem where you're seeing a problem in another group of people that, for the record, and this is what I told him, are statistically less violent when they're here. Undocumented mm -hmm. people are statistically less violent. You're seeing a problem in what they do, but you're not able to see that problem in your own culture. That's a problem. Another thing is saying we have to teach them that that's not okay. Like, that is some, like, white savior. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just, like, it was, like, beyond my comprehension at yeah. the time because I expected him to be, like, a good politician. Like, you know, like, politicians don't say stuff like that. They just, like, say what you want to hear and send you on your merry way. Yeah. Like, Lloyd Smucker, he's a good politician. Like, I'll give him that. He's, like, better than, than this guy. Um, you know, and then when I confronted him about it at his town hall, he like got in my face and called me a liar and then yeah, went, on, went on to admit in the paper that he did say it. Um, and you know, he also like his aides were telling me when I was confronting them about him saying about how immigrants rape boys he was saying that he never said that and then as mm -hmm. I was confronting him about it and that his aides were telling me that I was lying he was over talking to my friend Claudia explaining to her about an, a case where Im an immigrant raped somebody yeah. raped yes. a boy. I, yes. I was standing right next to her yeah. just to have her back like, yeah. because it's so important that you know um, she's a person who's, who's very very calm and mm -hmm. chill and very 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 sweet and it's really cool it was really an a, a amazing experience to see her take her power and say like don't call me an illegal and he was actually describing he was like well I, i'm not calling you an illegal and and but really deflecting and and, and not taking ownership and what then began to describe he was like listen let me he's like there was this occasion where there was a, 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 a man who, who was in custody, released, went out and raped a boy. Is that what you want us to do, just to let them go? Let, and and I, I'm trying to keep that from happening. And I was like, listen, and I was like, excuse me, Claudia. I was like, <laughs> I got this. I was like, um, for the record, um, how many white people are child molesters? Like, there are a lot. I mean, let's look at, I mentioned America's Most Wanted, but you can watch Lifetime and all kinds of other things. History, the news, and I'm not saying, like, at least I'm not saying that it's all white people. But don't say it's all all Puerto Rican people, mm -hmm. all Cuban people, all Mexican people, all black people, because that's ridiculous. Yep. Most of the people who are terrorists in this country that are violent, violent crimes are white men. And I told him that, and I said, they look like you. They're white men. And he just looked mm -hmm. at me kind of stunned. And I'm like, no, it's like, read a newspaper. Yeah, like, you know read what? up on your, your, your facts here. But, like, understand, too. Understand that this is a man or and people like him who literally don't want to understand. They don't want to know facts. Right. They don't want to acknowledge facts. Mm -hmm. They want to, you know, well, where they where they claim, oh, 
you know, you guys are so emotional, whatever, and you guys just go on emotion. It's like, no, we're actually presenting factual information to you, which you obviously reject because you're not even factoring that into what you're saying. And those are the, that's the kind of thing. And listen, this is not him playing dumb. I mean, in a way, this is them, like, this is him and the people like him behind him, these white racists in power, um, particularly in government, that want to just, that, that have a, a stake in denying it, mm-hmm. denying mm-hmm. reality yeah. Yeah. so that they can play to their base right. and, mm-hmm. and play to people who are come off as dumb as them, okay, or as ignorant, maybe not as dumb, as ignorant of the facts as them. And that they can get those votes and get the get the dollars, get the money, and so they really they have a stake in denying factual, truthful information. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's what they are constantly doing. And I feel like that's what we're dealing not just at the local level, but at the national level. When you see this too, you see the same things repeated by these same types of people, where it's like, I, I feel you know over and over again, it's like, are you really that dumb, or are you doing this for some other reason? And I feel like enough. There's enough. I evidence. think it's the former in this case. Well, for him, for him, you're right. For him, you're right. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. He probably doesn't get that he's just a peg in this thing. You know, mm-hmm. spoke well, with, the wheel. But there's well, definitely people that are more calculated right. than that. You're right. What was sad about, especially that ice cream social event that he had, was when when somebody um, brought up healthcare and I stood up and talked about that. It was like, I'm going to shush her, shut her down. And they, granted, they were rude to just about everybody except their base. Um, but there were, their supporters, their base that were there to just believe and, and support whatever they say. That were shushing me. A lady wrote a note to me, explaining to me as though I didn't understand how government works, <laughs> saying to me that I, I I appreciate that you're disabled, but I still have it. Um, that but this isn't the time or the place. He doesn't handle that, and I'm like that's. I, I didn't have that conversation, mm-hmm. but I was just like taken back. Like I'm one of the few people of color in this room. He is, he, he is, I fall in, in the county, so he represents me and he gets to hear what I have to say because I don't care if it's in your realm of responsibility. If I was a leader and, and, and I, I'm, 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 I, I, let's say I, I, I'm, I'm a senator. I don't care. I want to fight for the people. Tell me how I can advocate for you. Mm-hmm. I want to know how, what, what I can do better, Right. So the same with the uh, this other man who told me that he stood up and told me to shut up, sit down. He he was telling he was yelling at me. Got got close to my vicinity and I was like, I was like, sir, sir, and I was praying like, no, <laughs> sir. Um, I respect your opinions, even though I disagree with it. And then and then I got like I was like, why do I have to shut up? Why do I have to sit down? Like what? year do you think it is that you think it's okay yeah. to do that yeah. and I so, said to him I, hang on sorry I didn't okay. point. sorry but I, I said to him I said I said you might not realize it but I'm not just here for me I'm here for you because mm-hmm. they don't realize that those those of uh, those officials that they support like Scott Martin Lloyd Smucker they don't care about them so they can think that this is I'm just here as a woman of color for, for my group that I represent. I'm not. I'm here for everybody. And so the fact of the matter is it's an old, 
old strategy, divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. We're fighting over the scraps while they get to do what they want to, live how they want to, make the laws that work and benefit for them, stay in the pockets of uh, banks and corporations mm -hmm. and, and not have anybody to answer to. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? They do have somebody to answer to. And so I, I, I really, really hope that their base will stop and reconsider this. We, we aren't going to agree on everything. But I think that you have a right to live your life. I think you have a right to your property. I think that your kids have a right to an education. Just like I feel like our like everybody does. It's mm -hmm. not it, it we're not gonna get anywhere fighting each other. Yeah. We're not gonna get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. It it's 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 that's it's time to just stop mm -hmm. and not do what your dad did, what your grandfather did, what your great granddad stop. Yeah, we're people. We we work together. We we drive along the same roads. We go to the same grocery store. Stop. We're people. Yeah. So that's I have two points that I want to talk about. I don't want to forget them. Um, one is that uh, for clarification, we're talking about um, a a town hall like ice cream social event that uh, Senator Scott Martin held. That there were a lot of. Um, um, anti-pipeline people that went to and also a lot of people from Lancaster stands up that went to to confront him about some of his policies um, and uh, it was really interesting because it was a lot of people that were um, you know like people that came from the city or people that that were from the county um, but then there were people that were his supporters that went out to hear him talk about tax reform um, and uh, Obviously, it was a largely white crowd, and one of um, one of the people there uh, said to our undocumented friend that they need to like go home to their country. And um, a friend of mine actually confronted this person and told them why that wasn't an okay thing to say. And they ended up writing a letter of apology to us. And that, you know. I think is a good example of, I, I think that people aren't obviously black and white. There's so much nuance, but people have also been fed this uh, story by the media, this this just divisive story that like the, you know, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group and, and the NRA know, and, and, and then, right. and, and, and you, Crazy. And, it, and it's at such a level that, like, you see people that are normal, rational people, and when, when somebody denounces the KKK, they say, why are you denouncing Black Lives Matter? It's like, it, it, you, you get to a point, like, I, I just think that the, the media has such a big role to play in this. And if you talk to somebody one-on-one, like, I know, like, if Nelly, like, you sit down and have a conversation with one of these people, and, and... You know, talk to somebody that has like some of these ideas, or that maybe uh, is online saying saying this. Like, it's it's gonna be like it's like a different story. Like yeah. people, it, like people are 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 in a vacuum. So, the, so the uh, other thing, the other thing that I want to say, yeah, you you want to go ahead? No. Okay. Um, is that this like brings up a whole thing that I've been thinking about lately, which is just about 
how civility is demanded by like everybody like by the establishment at all times so when you know like it's really easy for people to write us off if you're protesting or if you want to stand up and interrupt somebody that has a platform 24 7 but you try to stand up for the people and suddenly like it doesn't matter because you're not doing so in a civilized way i mean you can this is you can tie this into you know the nfl protests and how there's no right way for like people like black people in america to be protesting today but even since i've gotten involved with you know, uh, trying to do work in the community here, it's really clear to me that that people, yeah, and even people on the left, like even people in the Democratic Party, they have this like idea about civility that's totally warped because mm-hmm. it's based on an idea that individual person-to-person interactions is the only place where civility is required. And that when it comes to social interactions, and not social interactions, social um, like policies that you are uh, enacting in the social realm, like you don't have any obligation towards civility. So if I go and uh, you know interrupt a luncheon because somebody's trying to take away health care from three million people and is um supporting like actively supporting a white supremacist in the white house uh i'm the uncivil one you know like i'm the one that's not acting civilly you're the bad person like there's no social responsibility in in this country and that's something that i've been thinking a a lot a lot about lately people don't want to be uncomfortable yeah Mm -hmm. and i and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's where a lot of this stems from what and that causes people to be uncomfortable because they are actually at the face why does this bother me why does what this person's saying bother me and then i'm just going to chalk it up to well she's being uh, disrespectful or whatever it's Mm -hmm. not civil it's not dignified Mm -hmm. no that's not what it is we we have an obligation especially when we talk about race um, or any injustice, but race was what we're discussing now. To mm-hmm. we have to be able to be uncomfortable with each other because that Absolutely. is the only mm-hmm. way this it's conversation is going yeah. to mm-hmm. take place. And there is a way, of course, that you know we can do that and and be you know respectful of each other and all that. But yeah, you know what? It's like sometimes you need to make people uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. that's it. And people just have to understand. Well, right? yeah. Um, well, yeah, especially in like a situation where. You're, um, talking about something like, like, like these representatives that are, you know, enacting these policies, and like you're talking about like civility, but like it's only civility on one side. It's only civility dealing with them. Mm-hmm. But like, like because they are passing these bills that that you know have all this like technical language and you know has all these stats and all this. Um, other stuff in it, you know, like that's like that's supposed to come off as civil, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you're taking away like healthcare from 32 million people, mm-hmm. or you're, you know, enacting these like, um, you know, these policies for for-profit prisons, mm-hmm. and 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 you like like just like that's that's supposed to be okay, but like somebody standing up and being angry about it, like that's yeah. The, 
They just want us to be to go away and be quiet. I I have been, uh, um, I would say like, I I would say I I was on Facebook quite a bit, and I see all kinds of terrible things like, look at this brown black girl or on welfare. Oh, they're using my money and all this stuff, and I'm just like, that's so insensitive. I'm on that, mm-hmm. and I have an education. It, it's not about that. I have. I didn't ask to get sick. There, you don't know people's situation, yeah. and, and and most people don't want to hear that. Most the majority of people who are on welfare are white. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that most people who get food stamps and these services are working. They just don't get paid enough. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the economic inequality especially for the black and brown community yeah Mm -hmm. there's just a system in place to hold people down and under to be under the the boot of of the establishment Mm -hmm. and so like these people in positions of power like trump smucker martin all these people benefit off of the system and off of off of telling their base you don't want these people in positions of power you don't like like enabling that kind of hate how do you do that Mm -hmm. how can you sit there and represent a district represent a county and not represent everybody Mm -hmm. so if you not you if you can't take the heat as as our buddies um Mm -hmm. The good smucker, Jonathan would say, <laughs> get out the kitchen. Right. If you can't take, if you can't hold a town hall and hear from your constituents, mm-hmm. it's time to get out. Yeah. But they don't want us to vote. So this, this, this girl that, you know, I, I, I would have said a friend, but you know, it's acquaintance. She said, um, she said something on Facebook about, oh, now you're all upset because you didn't go out and vote. And, oh, poor, poor people. Mm. Well, maybe you should get more educated and more informed. And I was just like, again, I had a Jesus mm-hmm. moment. Like, mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like, how can you say that? Mm-hmm. So you're not happy if, if, if people don't get involved. But then if we do get involved and we, we say, no, we're peacefully, you know, fighting for our rights, then we're troublemakers. Yeah. We're, we're, there's, we're, 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 we're we're whiners. Mm-hmm. We're just we just want everything, and it's like, come on, like, yeah. then that just there's no logical argument to yeah. be had with something like that. And it goes on the media strategy though of these people that are in charge that they continue to uphold their lofty position because they've effectively divided all of us. They don't want us talking to no. you or. <laughs> having these conversations, these deep conversations about where we want to go moving forward in our society because it doesn't make them any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, know, the, me- the media has divided us up so much that we can't even talk about issues without everybody going into their corner mm-hmm. and we all being, like, quieted out by it all. Yeah, um, yeah and... Yeah. and, and and I think like a lot of it is a distraction that that you know for focusing on like 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 various like underprivileged groups like attacking one another is like like it misses the point of like who 
who is actually benefiting from all of this mm -hmm. and it's the people um you know the people that are in power it's 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 the, the corporations and um and you know the politicians that they fund like those are the people that are benefiting like as long as we're squabbling um like amongst like one like one another like we're not going to focus on them that's exactly what they want. You know what I think it takes? It takes active listening. Mm -hmm. People think, I got to talk too. I just got to talk and talk and talk. Sometimes you just got to listen and hear somebody else's experience and story. How many times have we seen something like, in, like hearing um, somebody speak formally or informally or a show, film, something that you hear a story and you're just like, wow, I have a new perspective on that. If you're always trying to defend yourself and defend how woke you are, how not racist you are, mm -hmm. you're missing such a huge opportunity of getting to know people and getting to know a struggle. Because I don't expect that all my white friends or people in the world that like that that all white people will just know what it's like to be brown mm -hmm. like they'll just know that experience no you will never know that experience you will never understand but it doesn't mean that you can't stop and hear hear how maybe you don't see it but hear what how I see it hear how Eliza sees it her how how the countless people who who are have have been experiencing this issue this People think that racism, like, oh, it just started with Trump. No, no. Mm -hmm. It's a historical issue of, I think that I deserve more because of the skin color that I have or the religion that I, that I practice. I get more. I deserve more. And it's not okay. And I think that, that if more people would just, like, like practice active listening, you would just you you'll you'll see things in a different way that you never would have seen you I, never would have heard before. I just want to um, jump in real quick because yeah. before you know we started recording Michelle had made a statement about we, we were just talking briefly about what we we're going to talk about today and she Michelle had said oh I feel like there are people in my life who are like you should just cut out anybody you know who's racist and you know in, from your family or you know all this stuff and and you know you don't want that to, you know those kinds of people in your life and and um and basically saying like how do you do like first of all I'm not gonna do that like that's mm -hmm. kind of ridiculous to make that statement that's not reality we're not just gonna cut off I mean most people aren't just gonna cut off a family member you know um, because of that or whatever and it's not realistic to think that so it's like okay so those that's a real-life situation where you're like okay so how do we affect people in our lives that you know maybe um, yeah, that are racist or that have these, you know, maybe they don't even understand that they're racist. And I feel like um, one thing that I do because of my background, because of where I grew up and having a lot of friends that live in the county, um, you know, southern end of the county, uh, that, you know, they know me and they know me from growing up. And so when I put this, and we're friends on Facebook, which this is a good thing about Facebook in, in a way, where I can put out things and stories and statements. And I'm very, a lot of times, I'm really very um, selective about what I put on Facebook, particularly when I'm talking about, um, you know, social justice or racial justice or whatever, or, um, 
Anyway, uh, so I put that out there because I know cer these certain people from high school, from college, they're going to see this. And it gets into their psyche. Like, if I'm talking, like, I always try to relay it back to, like, like my son. Like, I posted a, um, a story that somebody else had posted about this white police officer, like, took this seven-year-old black boy or eight-year-old black boy and, like, threw him on the ground and put a knee in his back and, you know. And, like, really very, handled him really, I mean, completely uh, to the extreme. It was so unnecessary. This was a child. And you can't tell me that a white child of the same age, same gender, would be a, would have been treated the same. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, so I put these kinds of things out there because I'm like, these people follow me, and so they're going to see this stuff. And, you know, I think even if it gets into some of their psyche, and it's interesting because I literally, I will, I mean, it tells you who likes your stuff. But I go back and I look through the list of people who like my stuff, and if I see somebody on there that I was like, whoa... Like, they like that. So they're, they saw that article. They mm -hmm. probably read it. Somebody who I know is questionable in some of their beliefs and some conversations mm -hmm. I've had. And so, and there's like a little spark of hope in me that's like, okay, this is why I'm still engaging with this person. This is why, you know, even if we don't, you know, ha have a connection every day and we're chattering every day, whatever, I know that they're seeing some of this right. stuff. And, it, and I've seen through Facebook some of people who had had you know racist views come almost full circle or full circle on that and you know will share my stuff will mm -hmm. like it will even post their own things and I'm like yes so it's those kinds of things where you have to keep these people in your life right. because they need to be exposed to that if you shut right. them off you block them you're like yeah screw you I'm done with you how does that help? That does not help anything. That makes it worse. Yeah, I think you need to take them. a breath. Yeah. You need to you need to find like a way of self care for yourself mm -hmm. because that's hurtful. It's hurtful when you see people say things discriminatory, racist. You know what I mean? It, it to I acknowledge those feelings of of people being like I'm done. Mm -hmm. I've had I've had a few of those because I'm like. Okay, your first post, I let it go. I ain't gonna get in it. I'm gonna save my day from an argument on Facebook. No thanks. Second one, third one, fourth, and then I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm enabling by not doing anything, by not saying something. And sometimes I reach my point in my break where I'm just like, you know that I, that I'm in your life in some respect, a friend, a high school buddy, whatever, and you can still say that that hurts and and if you can't if you just if you just keep your heart cold like that i don't need that in my space i don't need that in my life i have mm -hmm. so many things going on in my life i'm worrying about staying alive taking my medication doing like just just having a space for myself where i feel good but i i do the same thing mm -hmm. i don't cut people off right mm -hmm. away i really don't one one quick thing and because i know other people want to talk but one quick thing on that when somebody comes back at me, and I've gotten really good at this, um, I feel like on Facebook, a way to, like, not to go down that Facebook fight <laughs> thing, like, blah, 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 you know, back and forth, it's is tough. to somebody, it is yeah. very tough, because I'm, and, and I'm not acting like I never do it, sometimes I do on other people's stuff, but my own, if somebody comes at me on my own post, and, like, saying, I can't believe you post this, what about, what about, and all this, you know, what aboutism, and this and that, I nip it right away and I'm like you know what I was like okay I was like you feel this way 
I feel differently. I was like, if you really care about me and care about this topic, please private message me. Here's my phone number. This is a conversation that needs to be had face to face. And I invite mm-hmm. you to, I, and like in a nice oh, way, I not in a conversational way, but like, I invite you, please, yeah. let's talk about this on DM, private, or, and then, and then set up a time for us to get together. And I put that public. So anybody that's reading that thread will see who is, you know, being the, hey, let's try to, and, and, and then, right. and of course, offering also the peace pipe, you know, mm-hmm. the peace, you know, whatever. Like, hey, let's talk about this. And I've never had one person, I've done that several times, and none of these people have, have ever took taken yeah. me up on that. And I'm like, mm. I identify, I've done the same thing. But that shuts them down from coming back. I've, I've done the same mm-hmm. thing, but, and, and, and when I say even fights on Facebook, I'm not even fighting. I'm like being, like, careful about what I'm saying, but like trying to educate. Mm-hmm. Like saying, well, this is why I feel this way. And you have people who don't respect you don't and and sometimes it's not even my friends it's friends or friends right, right? that's true too if it's that, and and i do the same thing i say i'm more than willing to meet with you and have this conversation i i mean i re, i i feel like we can agree to disagree but there is a, a level of respect that i feel that you're crossing so what i'm saying is those scenarios of people who who don't bring anything to your life and and then on top of that are being racist sexist mm-hmm. whatever it is that i i will i will i will dismiss from my space yeah. if they get to that if they get to that threshold mm-hmm. but i try so hard to have these conversations even with people who don't i don't need you to think like me feel like me agree with everything i i i, I feel and think and, and i'm just miss right but it's just a level of de- decency and respect. And so I agree, don't shut people out because they think differently than you, they, they, they have a different perspective. Because then you're just gonna be preaching to the choir. Right. We're not gonna get anything done preaching yeah. to the choir. Nope. So I have, that, I have a, I have a, not, I ain't gonna say a lot, but I have those people who I'm still friends with that I know have, for some reason are friends with me but are racist but they'll say don't right. there'll be people who will be like oh but you're not like that right or you're a good one you're right. a good one uh, or it's just like what that's the word. Like, it's like, i know and they think that's a compliment it's not. so this this part. like brings up a really a it's really interesting a at all. thing though and i think i think that like what you guys are talking about is especially like eliza what you said about how this is a conversation that needs to be had in real life like you know that that conversation is going to go differently if you yeah, have it in real totally. life Absolutely. and i think a big part of uh a big problem and this is you know like specific to lancaster but a lot of places around uh the country is that there's not you have disparities of diversity yeah like we're diverse in the city right so my neighbors mm-hmm. are all different colors all different cultures out in the county uh, you know, where we see a lot of um, more overt racism mm-hmm. and um, a lot of, you know, more hateful language, um, there's not a lot of diversity. Yeah. They are, you know, like 95% white communities. Mm-hmm. Um, even, they don't even know, higher. you know, I, I've had, I had a conversation with a lady um, a few months ago that said when she moved to Lidditz, people were telling her, she went, she went to a church and people were saying, you know, you're the first black person I ever really met. 
you're the first black person, or you're the first nice black person that I ever really met, mm -hmm. um, which is incredibly offensive. Yeah. But, you know, um, that might actually be the case. And she was saying, you know, full grown, like elderly like, people yeah. saying, mm -hmm. you're the first black person that I've ever had a real relationship with. I think that's a, a real thing. I know for myself growing up, uh, you know, I'm a white woman and I grew up in the suburb, white suburbs. Um, and had, you know, an incredibly white school, and I didn't have a very diverse friend group. And it wasn't until I went to college and then moved into the city that I started, you know, really interacting with a lot of people uh, that weren't white. And um, so I think that you notice that like places, like statistically, places that are more diverse are less racist. Places that are less diverse are are more racist. So there's a, a question of how do we, we can't diversify the county. How do we reach out to those people? Because, you know, coming back to when I met with Scott Martin and I was talking about that legislation, he said, you guys in the city and, and oh, <laughs> yeah, he said, you guys in the city might care about this uh, issue, but out in the county, 70, it's 70, 20% people want this legislation passed. People want anti-sanctuary city bills passed. And, you know, they, they know very well where their base is and that mm -hmm. it's in places that aren't diverse. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't have the answers, uh, as to how we, make it so that people in the county are able to be exposed to other people and to hear them like you're saying like you gotta listen to people yeah. you gotta listen to people's stories and stuff but um you know i'm excited to like explore ways that that we can do outreach in the county i got it lancaster stands up in the schools Wow, that went by so fast. We finished our first podcast episode. We are counting on you to provide us feedback on the episode. Please comment below. We will feature comments and feedback on our next episode. Also, just go and like our Lancaster Stands Up Facebook page already. Add us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter for exciting updates on events and how to get involved in building a protest to power progressive movement. Thanks for listening. Thank you.